G'day and welcome back to the Talking Leadership TV podcast series. Thanks for joining me again. My guest today is Jack Creswell. Working at home on the family sheep stud with his father Steve, Jack brings years of experience working in London, bringing his knowledge of other industries to help him see the opportunities within Australian agriculture. He's a fifth generation farmer who studied an agribusiness and marketing degree at the University of New England. Knowing he wanted to do something different with his marketing expertise, Jack started the Farms Advice Facebook group and in 2020 it became a podcast. He wanted to connect with his mates after university who came from different farming backgrounds to have some discussions around what they could do to improve their farms. Jack is continually looking for new ways of working on the family farm for a benefit to farmers but more importantly his family. A great discussion, I hope you enjoy it, but enough from me, I'll hand over to Jack. Jack, thanks for joining me, mate. Look, um, I'm looking forward to this conversation because one thing I note with um, guests that I've had that have worked in the ag sector is this idea of the leadership topic around family-run uh, businesses. So um, we're going to get into the meat of that in a second. So again, thank you for agreeing to speak with me. But first things first, uh, you've been around the traps, you run a business, you're a podcaster and i'm glad to be talking to a fellow podcaster on 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 my uh, gig here how do you define leadership mate hey i think like when i read that question it's it's not the easiest thing to look at yourself as a leader or where it all sort of began but i think leadership is sort of acting now and making decisions whether that's however you want to look at it getting that sort of percentage right um i heard a quote from Obama, if his decision was 51% swayed into the yes, he was going to go with that. So I think having the thought to define leadership in that way, just taking action and sort of, if something's not there, you sort of need to create it. So you naturally become your own sort of leader of this group of what happened when I thought there wasn't enough sort of farming content relative to building up farmers and actually giving us some actionable takeaways to create a better outcome and that that is for farmers to actually have a break at some point we're not all about working 24 7 and i think that leadership came across a little bit naturally for me but it's also had its challenges in seeing how i can develop myself and it's a huge personal development journey um what i've done i think i just wanted to get started um, starting this journey at 26 I thought, imagine like everyone always sort of starts their own leadership journey a bit later off in life. Um, I may maybe looked at as a younger bloke trying to have a crack, not with the expertise, but imagine in 10 years, I think I would have built up that leadership skills along the way. And I think just acting now and if it's not there, create it. Yeah, that, that's an interesting way to to introduce this, mate. And I'm, I'm always fascinated with... Um, talking to farmers and there's that entrepreneurial bent in the DNA that you can't you can't separate out from the person who's working on on a farm and, and the fact that you started your podcast to have some conversations that weren't being had is is finding that that gap in the marketplace of of sharing ideas and I think the ability if if that's the right word to resonate with your audience is that you're actually doing this shit yourself. You're not coming at it from textbooks and uh, it's not theoretical. You're actually living 
uh, what it is that you're talking about. So just just as an aside, and, and this is part of when you said your leadership journey, what was the light bulb moment that, that made you go, yeah, I've, I've got to record a podcast to talk to other farmers? What was that? I just really wasn't, like I had a lot of whys about what we were doing on farm, like stripping it back to the very basics of why do we dredge three times a year um, as operational sort of things, but why um, why are we with this bank sort of thing? Um, what's working for us? What's not working for us? But I think starting it up, um, I had a lot of questions as a young bloke and I thought, I was a pretty common age out there for the sons and daughters on farm looking for the exact same questions. And if I can get it answered, maybe other people will get some uh, comfort out of hearing what's going on. But I think to start it off, there was just a lot of motivation to um, do a bit for the industry naturally, um, but a little bit of selfishness in there as well. I was going to benefit from what I was hearing and who I was connecting with. It was, really good to get that networking sort of started early on. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, it's, it's a good thing you're doing. Um, there are, you know, any number of people de developing ways to talk, to talk to an audience, either through a podcast or some other version of it, like video casting as we're doing here. And um, yeah. yeah, trying to let people know that their questions, there's no such thing as a dumb question. I'm a big um, advocate of that uh, because you don't know what you don't know and if you create that network someone out there is going to have a response or at least go hey look I did this and it didn't work think about this or at least get the conversation happening so mate more power to you it's, it's great to hear that you're doing that but um, let me ask from that family farm perspective and, and this is what piqued my curiosity in wanting to have a chat to you about this is you work on a family run family farm from that perspective, how has the process of leadership changed, if anything, for you as a as a as a young and emerging leader? I would suggest. I think, like on that, there's um, it's funny within family farming dynamics. However, it may change for anyone listening in, and for our family farm, um, it's probably no different to others out there. But leadership within the family farm, sort of, I think you do need your sort of your director out there actually sort of highlighted um, that they do need to make the decision rather than just a flat sort of management. You do need someone to um, cut through and just say, yes, we'll do that. We'll... Otherwise you're getting conflicting answers all the time. I feel that's what I've learned the last few years being home on our family farm. Um, but you can also within agriculture on farm, you also need to be your own sort of leader, take that initiative. So going back a little bit to whatever, if you're just starting on a farm as a younger person or you're an older person, but you have a sort of lower level role, I think you do have that leadership capacity um, in taking ownership and accountability of what your role is on farm. And that for the head, which is the farm owner in the family farm dynamic, for them to give you the tools and resources to work with, but also give you the goal that we want to work towards. I think in family farmers, we barely have enough time to sit down and actually discover what our goals are for 2023 or even further beyond. And I think as young people, we're keen as for these goals to be set and like for this 
family farms have become $2 million um, turnover in revenue, or is it to expand, optimize what we're doing on farm? Um, we want to run 5,000 head of cattle, or we want to uh, produce a 10 ton yield of wheat this season. Can't be done everywhere, obviously, but if you set your own goals, benchmark against yourself each year, you're going to go up. And I think that older school, traditional sort of leadership, where they just plough through, whether it's drought, good season or whatever, I think that goal setting can really come in place for this new younger generation coming through as we see the huge transfer of assets in family farming. Yeah, but my, my next question uh, that comes to mind after you've just described that, and thank you for sharing that, is as a, a younger generation farmer, do you think there's a shift in thinking in generational farming at the moment or is it um, horses for courses as in there's not there's not one trend coming through? What, what do you see happening from your perspective, Matt? It's a little bit of both horses for courses and um, I think a lot of the new stuff won't be, like the uptake won't be drastic, which is actually quite good for the industry too. You can't just revolutionise what we're doing on farm and what we're able to do now, like little steps to sort of transfer what we are and what sort of lead we want to do, what sort of targets the industry want to hit. Um, we want to be net zero by 2030. That's one sort of sustainable target, but also allowing that with profit and being open to new ideas. I think that's probably what this generation's bringing to the table and sort of opening up um, what we're able to do, doing more with less and not busting yourselves 24-7, work a little bit smarter. Um, not saying the older generation didn't, but they just really, we've got so many resources currently at the moment. And if you can get to these events to upskill yourself, um, we probably need these, the development points in farming like they do with nursing or doctors and everything. So annually, you got to go to a couple of events just to upskill. I think that wouldn't be too bad of an idea for the industry to actually see their skills going up and up. And it's actually quite measurable rather than immeasurable sort of tactics. Yeah, that's, that's um, interesting that you say that the ongoing professional development is something I, I don't um, often hear in my discussions around this from our, ag perspective but i know that it does happen so it's just putting a name to the process so if you're looking for events and, and trying to upskill uh yourself or, or challenge your thinking that that's that's got to be a good thing that that idea about doing more with less and not um having to work 24 7 is not a bad idea either yeah. particularly for your own longevity mate and, and if, if you if you've got family to be looking after so i'm, I'm hearing what you're saying um so let let me extract the next set of topic areas. And I think you've covered a lot here. I was going to ask, and I'm going to ask, what would you say are the most important leader capabilities? Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I've heard so far is uh, being a decision maker, taking initiative, being self-managing, self-leading, and being a networker. From, from your experiences, mate, is there more... Um, capabilities there, leader capabilities that you think are critical from your experiences on farm? Yeah, certainly. I think on farm, just what I've learned from my personal experiences and also like the stories I've heard 
however great they are or however shocking they are from terrible succession plans or something like that that I've been told um, behind the curtains before a podcast got started and then we got on to the sort of happier stuff, um, happy for people not to share that. But I think one of the biggest ones would be awareness of who you are and what your capabilities are and how how does that fit into your family farm? Like, am I really good at the books? Am I the technician out on the farm getting those sort of harder jobs done or am I that soft skills person? But I think it's a bit of a jack of all trades for farmers and especially this new generation. So like I go from landmarking straight into a podcast in the afternoon or something um, and having that flexibility there, but that that's also my awareness and I'm able to juggle that. Some people may not able to do that. Some people hate social media, so they wouldn't be in my role. Um, relationship building, however tight you think you are with your family, once you start fa- farming with them um, and making the decisions in the sheep yards or out during harvest in the peak sort of labour times, um, you can never have that relationship so strong. Um, and to continue working on that, whether you go home to the family home and you sort of just stop the farming chat and just talk as a family or something, or set some barriers on how that is and you have a professional sort of working relationship, whether it be your mum, your dad, with your kids, I think that's pretty important to sort of separate the two and not amalgamate them all together. So whether you work seven or seven, after seven o'clock, sort of tools down and a bit of like, how are you going? Um, What can we do to sort of support you or how's your week? Not was um, writing down your tool. What, you had on your tools that week or whatever you need to work on I think um, separating those two that's that new gen coming across and within family farming a little bit of conflict management I suppose of how to work together and if something does flare up like you just really need to bounce back within half an hour of having a fight with your old man your your mum your sibling out mustering um, or like picking berries whatever part of agriculture you're in I think if you can build these together, awareness, relationship building, and also that conflict management, you're always going to have a conflict with your family members. I think everyone wants to be that sort of decision maker, but once you signify, signal whoever that lead is, obviously most of the time it's the farm owner, the mum, the dad, um, that can really grow your family farm and actually move a little bit quicker. I think communication is what we're lacking in Australian farming, especially family farming and how that can improve. Um, I'm keen to see how it is and hopefully podcasting can help us communicate a little bit better and toggle people to loop back and see what the family's doing or even how are you in, in the evening. Yeah, that, that's a hell of an interesting response. I guess the, the one thing that, that um, strikes me as interesting and, and quite important what you're saying is that um, being able to be reflective in your leadership practice. And that's exactly what it is that you've been talking about. Um, I think the complicating issue and I'm all the best to anyone who's running a family farm is how do you deal with communications when you've got to wear the professional hat as well as wear the yeah. family hat and where those two things collide. I, I think uh, you, you would a Nobel prize if you had the formula for how to do that right. So that there's never there's never any degree of conflict. I don't think you can avoid that. But it, that being said, 
Jack, I think you can't avoid conflict in um, most organizational settings, whether there's family involved or not. It's, it's how do you relate to other human beings and um, the ability to have some uh, conversations around, ironically, how do you communicate better and, and using platforms like social media, like a podcast to have those discussions, I think is well worth um, doing and, and you're doing that now. So you've, you've kind of ticked, ticked, sorry, those boxes as you've gone. You've, you've actually answered my my next topic area is uh, are leaders expected, no pun intended, to be a jack of all trades. Um, yeah. You kind of talked about that and that that seems to come through um, fairly strongly. It, it's is it, is it fair to say, based on what you've just said to me, that it's an ongoing um, learning for you on how to separate the professional from the personal family dynamic? Is that is that constantly something that you're dealing with on farm? Yeah, 100%. And I suppose, like, I don't have kids now, but, like, that eventuates and changes totally again um, with how you work that in with it and also coming into the family business. Is that going to be a thing? Is it not? Um, that all needs to be a conversation as well at some point. And I think just really rehashing and working on what we can do as a family farm, being open. Um, I think like if you do want to talk about the farm in the evening, it's probably the better time anyway, around a beer or around a coffee in the morning, just to get make that time. Like on our farm, like dad will love to set a goal in the sheep yards, but I can't do that. I need to work, do the sheep work, like maybe sit down five, 10 minutes in the morning, set that goal for the day. Dad just comes red hot, giving me five, 10 tasks to do. And I just need three to tick off and then move on to the next ones rather than, I think that's probably the difference in our leadership skills. Like he's been used to that all the time. I like coming from outside the industry, I like to write some stuff down get it down on paper and see what we can actually do with it. And if I don't get to it, I can actually get back to my notebook or my phone where I've left that note um, to circle that back into the next day's sort of role. And I think that's a um, pretty powerful tool is just to take time, have some patience in your goal setting and actually don't put all your jobs into the same thing. Like I'm not going to be drafting. Um, and setting my goals or what we're going to be doing today, talking about that. I think like from the sort of micro looking at your daily goals to your yearly goals, get out of the sheep yards, get out of the shearing shed, wherever it may be, sit down around the family table or go into town into a cafe, depending how close you are. Um, go into the school room if you're up north to take that time and like have that one-to-one -one or five to five, whoever, however many is in your family um, and see what your goals are for that week, for the year, for as a family, um, either on-farm and off-farm goals, what you want to achieve individually, but also as a group. I think that's pretty powerful to take a step back and actually see what we can do together. Yeah, and and um, I think it, it that that perennial problem of, of stepping back and, and looking at the the, the macro look at things is something organizations leaders in many organizations don't do well or more specifically and I think more realistically don't have the time to do because you're stuck in what's the operational needs of the business and how do we 
um, get through uh, the daily grind versus what's the bigger picture. So you um, seems to me that everything you've just described is, is you, you could put that in a corporate context or social enterprise context yeah. or whatever the context is where leadership's needed and it's something people have to keep working on. So the, I like that idea and I'm a big supporter of it myself personally around getting yourself out of the environment in which you're working to have that conversation because the pressure of where you work is where you work every day. And I think getting yep. some clear head, even physically, I, I don't know what the science is around this, but getting your headspace and physically not being where you work is important to sort of uh, free up some yeah. of the grey matter. Um, yeah, 100% hearing what you're saying, uh, Jack. Now, let me ask you the following, the nature versus nurture question. Are leaders born or are they made? Um, for me, I think they're made. I don't think when I was a little Kenya boy, um, homeschooled in between children with Kenya, I don't think I saw myself as a leader there. But I had also had the time to discover the world alongside my brother, but pretty much on my own um, premises, really, like take our bike and go do whatever we want. And that's sort of the approach that I've taken to what I do now, just to roam around and see what I can pick up, what works and what doesn't. Um, I think we're definitely made into it, but like you, you can be born into it as well. Within agriculture, there's some sort of leader within your family group of what you've done or where the direction you're going to. And I think that just evolves um, throughout you. But I think leaders are definitely made in the actions they take um, from the advice that they hear or the knowledge they've picked up along the way from others. I think you can learn so much. And in agriculture, we should all be lifelong learners, whether you get your information from a book your neighbour, your granddad, your mum, um, all about different topics. And it comes back to that jack of all trades. But I think to answer before, we sort of want to individualise these roles. And I think we're seeing that now with like bringing on ag tech officers for these bigger sort of family corporate farming. Um, and the family farmer, if we could do that labour-wise, we, we probably would. I'd be the ag tech officer on our farm. Um, and I think taking that leadership and making it your sort of role, having accountability towards that, whatever sort of role you are on the farm, stud hand or something like that. I think you're definitely being made and you're nurtured into this role or you're nurturing yourself into this role. And if you're picking up books, that's just helping you along the process. Yeah. In, again, interesting response. And thank you for, for um, sharing that with the, the viewers and the listeners. I, um, I'm a big believer in it's in the environment in which you come up with can shape whether or not you've got the um, propensity to be a leader. So some people run a mile. Um, yeah. when, when you bring up the topic, I go, I never want to lead anyone else. I just want to do my own thing versus if you've got an environment where you've got uh, mum and dad, who've got an entrepreneurial bent, they're running a farm anyway. So they, they want to do their own thing. It, you can't quite escape that world. So um, if that was uh, something in your own DNA that needed to be triggered by the environment, then you're in, yeah, I can hundred percent agree that um, you, you, you know, leaders are made and not necessarily born. That said, uh, there are some kids that will grow up on farms that never want to continue the family business and want to do their own thing completely. And that, that's a, that's a human difference thing. And it, I, I know that that happens. I've met 
others that have shared those stories with me. But I guess you 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 can't escape that world if if your parents are are talking farming every day and they're living it every day and you're seeing it every day that it's going to trigger some thinking in you. So yeah, that's um it's interesting and we could talk about that uh, for ages, mate. But I'd like to end our discussion and ask you the following from an advice perspective, you deal with leaders and, and particularly young leaders around the place. What would you say to a set of young leaders that are on farm about the capabilities they're going to need in their leadership toolkit for want of a better phrase um, into the future? What, what are those things that they need to have to um, be effective and potentially successful as leaders? I think curiosity would have to be the biggest thing for myself to be curious to like what's next for the podcast what's next for our farm or like how can we actually expand on what we're doing and improve will technology actually help in this sort of area on farm um or like curious in your own sort of personal development i think that's a huge thing and also for the younger people coming through in agriculture just to be aware that you're you're probably not the owner of the farm and not there but you should be aware that you're ready to take in all this information and five ten years down the track you might be ready to take that action um into a new role um taking over the family farm or whatever nothing happens overnight in agriculture and i think you really have to be patient i came back from london all guns blazing wanted to change this that and everything and the old man was like whoa 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 just slow down a minute we're not going to take on all this ag tech that i saw um bright shiny things in the distance but we've taken the time and stood back and seen what's worked for us and had that progress across the way and i think having the curiosity the awareness of who you are what you're good at um, and how that fits in and maybe that larger role of setting new goals for yourself but also for your team around you i think that's a big thing in 2023 just to be open um, to new ideas of what's happening in agriculture and also the ability to say no in stuff. I was a yes, yes person starting up the podcast. Now I'm having to say no a lot more to free up my time um, to do the things that I need to work on and be passionate about what direction I want to take as well. Yeah, that uh, it's great advice. I think the the end bit there that's that's uh, critical. And saying no is not necessarily a negative thing. It's trying to manage your time so that you can um, have the headspace you need to do what it is that you do. And and offline we spoke about you 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 haven't um, started a family yet, but when that comes along, your time constraints are going to get that much yeah. more tied up with uh, raising your family. That the, these things about self management become more important, Jack. Thank you for your time, mate. This has been uh, an excellent discussion. I hope we can continue having chats into the future, mate, if we can make some time to do that. Absolutely. I, yeah, appreciate it, Eric. It's a new sort of area for me. And if the um, my family listen into this, they might think that I'm off my head talking about leadership, but like it's in everyone of what we do. So it's really important to get this out, I think. I'd like to thank Jack for his time. I'm really keen on speaking to leaders in the Australian agriculture sector. It's a sector that I strongly support. Thanks again for your support of the podcast. Again, please leave a like if you enjoyed the content or if you can help me build the channel by becoming a subscriber. Thanks again. Have a great week, whatever you're doing, and we'll catch everyone on the next episode of Talking Leadership TV.